Welcome to the FromTheApron.com podcast. In this episode, I have the treat of sitting down with Christy Quinn, President of American Association of Community Theaters, AACT, along with Quiana Clark Rowland, Executive Director, and David A. Van Cleve, Education Coordinator. Together we delve into the many offerings of AACT. But before we dive in, a quick note about this recording. We encountered some technical difficulties with the recordings, which required some aggressive noise reduction. As a result, the audio may be a little choppy at times. However, rest assured that the content remains intact and highly listenable. Think of it as the charm of community theater, where imperfections only add to the experience. Lastly, let me clarify that AACT is not a paid sponsor. I encourage you to listen to this episode to gain insights into the resources AACT provides, and then visit their website, at aact.org to make an informed decision that best suits you or your organization. Now, without further ado, let's begin the episode with Christy Quinn sharing her role as president with AACT. Thank you for inviting us to be part of your uh, podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, I am president of the board of directors of uh, the American Association of Community Theater. And it is a thrilling and exciting uh, position to have. I mainly am the chair of the board, and I work very, very hard to be as supportive of staff and volunteers as I can. Uh, We are a volunteer-driven organization, but we have a wonderful staff who makes uh, volunteering very, very easy. And there's uh, volunteer positions open across the board, which we always love to see people filling our committees and doing work. Uh, We have exciting things that go on virtually so that we can offer people from across the country and the world the opportunity to hear what other community theaters are doing and be part of that family. Volunteer positions open. That's kind of the story of community theater as a whole, isn't it? Uh, You you kind of touched on your... (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't survive without our volunteers. Looking, looking through the website, I'll say that like you almost seem to be the face of the organization. You're you're featured a lot. You're featured in the magazine. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the magazine here shortly. Um, but you, you kind of touched on your uh, your mission statement here. Uh, I, I like this. You guys have a, this right on your website. Mission statement and purpose. Uh, they're both very very straight to the point. I love them. Mission statement. AACT helps theaters thrive. Purpose. AACT offers a wide range of opportunities to share experiences problems, successes, and love of theater. It's kind of it's kind of my mission, right, with this podcast as well. I'm trying to get people all across the country to listen to this and share ideas, what works, what doesn't work, so on and so on, and just encourage people out there to get involved in community theater, whatever that means to you. Does that mean going to more shows? Does that mean going to festivals like this? Does it mean joining AACT? Does it mean volunteering at your local theater? Uh, who knows, but we're throwing all the ideas out there and uh, hopefully something sticks for somebody. Uh, Quiana, go ahead and uh, let us know your day-to-day responsibilities with AACT. Sure. So I serve as the executive director for AACT, which includes everything. (laughs) So a big part of what I do is oversight and working with staff to um, keep day-to-day operations moving, as well as um, launching new programming, new ideas um, that come either from staff or from the board. A lot of what I do is board collaboration as well and working with the board, everything from, you know, just keeping track of our goals, objectives, um, 
minute <laughs> uh, what what the board wants to do uh-huh. and really looking at the direction the board wants to go and um, making those pieces come together um, when it comes to the volunteers and the staffing that we have. So you said new ventures, new ideas. Do you have something specific that's like the latest, greatest? Um, so we do have a list of things that we like to see happen down the road, but right now we are still um, building upon, which David could probably touch on a little bit, is our educational offering. Um, we used to just really do, um, before COVID, um, we had two in-person conferences that we would, actually three. Um, and so COVID, although, you know, it was a horrible, horrible situation for many, um, it, it allowed us to explore virtual programming. And, um, and so that has been a, a part of our, um, offerings for our members, as well as, um, anybody that is in community theater. You don't have to be a member to attend, um, any of the workshops. Um, and so we're just looking about, um, how to make that bigger, better, um, and really, um, provide programming that speaks to, um, our community. And you said you don't have to be a member to attend the workshops. But I looked at your website, membership, very affordable, very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Individual pricing starts at, or the upper end of individual pricing seems to be $85 a year. Lower yeah. pricing for teens, seniors, retired military. I'm probably going to join myself when we uh, finish recording today because uh, first timers, $50 for a year. It's not a bad deal. Military, active duty military, free. Uh, organizations seems to range from 95 up to $1,000 based on your revenue. Um so that's great. Also, I was super happy to hear you say that uh, you're kind of involved in all things um, because on the website it says, ask Quiana about all things AACT. <laughs> I don't know if she knows that's there. <laughs> so, okay, good. You know it's there. Uh, they, they, they've thrown you out there. as, as They threw me out there. <laughs> as the go-to person, ask Quiana about all things AACT, it says. Uh, all right, uh, David Van Cleve, can you uh, go ahead and... Tell us your day-to-day responsibilities. Absolutely. Um, As education coordinator, I'm really focused primarily on our members and their needs. And when you look at an organization like AACT and helping theaters thrive, that kind of, that's part of everything we do, whether that's the festivals or the workshops or webinars, no matter what it is, um, education, I think, is at the core of, of everything we do. But what's interesting about our group is our members could not be a wider spectrum. Uh, I mean, we just talked about the individual versus um, organizations, but when you look at the organizations, we have groups that are just starting out that are, you know, in the basement of a church or in somebody's living room. And then we have theaters that have been around for decades and have multi-million dollar budgets. Um, so I get to look at all of those groups, find what each of them are missing, figure out how we can bring them together um, and making sure that we have offerings for all their needs. So that's, as Kriana was saying, after COVID, it's been exciting to, to kind of lean into the virtual programming because not every theater can afford to send their staff across the country uh, for a week long or even a three-day conference. But offering a monthly free roundtable discussion is doable. Um, so that's been a lot of fun trying to figure out what those programs are. On top of that, of course, we have the festival, which we'll talk about, but uh, we have National Directors Conference, um, Community Theater Management, a new Playfest, which is one of the things I love most, um, which is a competition that it's a two-year cycle and hundreds of scripts are submitted and six of them are chosen and are produced at six different theaters around the country. 
And by the end of it, they are published with Dramatic Publishing Company. Um, it's a wonderful program sponsored by the Air Foundation. And that's been exciting to, it gives me an opportunity to travel and actually see our members and their theaters up close and see the kind of magical work that they do. So that playwriting contest, that's something that anybody can submit to? Absolutely. Oh, wow. So I think there's probably a lot of people out there that, that have questions about that. How do you get your book published? How do you get a play published? Something like that. So this is definitely a, a very re, a very realistic avenue to try to go down. Like If you have the chops, give it a shot. Uh, you'll, you'll find out. And uh, you said hundreds are submitted and, and six chosen. It's pretty good odds. I mean, but you guys, it's not just a lottery. You're, you're picking. You're picking. The right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the roundtables. I read a little bit about that. That seems to be that's your that's your free event for members monthly, correct? And then you mm-hmm. have other stuff: virtual master classes, industry connections, script club. I, um, that's kind of a script writing workshop, or is that script reading? So script club is something we just started this past year, and it's looking at some of the plays that are trending in community theaters that might be a little bit more challenging. For example, the play that goes wrong is on everybody's season. It is a wonderful play, but you have to have an entire second floor collapse every night and breaking furniture and falling through windows. And how do you do that safely? How do you do that on a budget? Um, theater by nature is the collaborative of all the art forms. Um, so why not let theaters collaborate with each other and not just collaborate in the rehearsal room? Why not collaborate across the country? And if someone found a solution to a problem, we should be celebrating and sharing that. Right. That's a fantastic idea. So I, I've been searching the internet just randomly choosing uh, zip codes across the country and contacting community theaters. I've talked to directors. I've talked to artistic directors. And I'm talking to you guys. And in my searches, I have seen that that the play that goes wrong <laughs> everywhere. Everybody's doing that play, uh, with the exception of like your smallest, smallest theaters. Um, so that one seems to be crazy popular. Another one that's crazy popular right now is uh, Clue, Clue the, mm-hmm. the Mystery or Clue on Stage or something like that. Uh, I see that all the time. Uh, anyway... Uh, There's Clue the Musical and Clue the Straight Play, so you can do either one. Oh, my goodness. So if you have. And I've directed it. I don't know about any of you guys, but yeah. Not yet, but hopefully. So, and I know that was on David's list. You you talked about Clue, so. And then the roundtables. What kind of things do you want to discuss? What kind of roundtables? We have all sorts of topics. The fun thing about the roundtables is we'll choose the overall topic, um, and we put together a panel that. We try to get as diverse of a panel as possible in terms of uh, budget size, geographic location, history. Um, and that's all we do. From that point, it's really up to the attendees to drive the conversation. So we might say we're going to talk about grant writing, but it's the attendees who say, how do you find the grants? Do you pay the person who writes the grant application for you? Um, if we talk about season selections, they're the ones who are asking all the nitty gritty and that dictate where the conversation flows, which is really interesting. There have been several that we thought would be, oh, is this going to work out? Is, could this fill an entire hour? And then the hour passes and we're like, we could do six more of these just on this topic. Um, so it's really, that's a great way to see what different theaters across the country are, are dealing with um, and how similar they all are. Okay. So I listed four of your things there before. Roundtables, virtual masterclasses, industry connections, script club. Those are all virtual, correct? But also, they're all scheduled events. Like, you have to show up at this date and time to participate in those. Is that, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And then one other thing I saw, uh, mind, mind edge learning. That seemed to be learning, but kind of on your own pace. Is that correct? 
That is correct. So Mind Edge is a online um, alerting um, resource for accreditation of a variety of things. And what we've done for our members is uh, we have um, set it up where they can get discounted, um, take discounted courses on anything under the sun. So if you want to learn more about bookkeeping, accounting, a project management that you think may be relevant to what you're doing. I don't know, even in your own, in your day-to-day nine-to-five job, um, you can log on to Mind Edge, take advantage of your ACT member savings, and basically get credited from a variety of sources for a variety of types of uh, courses. Okay, great. The um, I wanted to brag about some of the guys, some of the stuff you guys have on your website for free as well. Um, I saw. If I did my notes. Oh, uh, you have a fantastic resource uh, center on your website. We have all kinds of resources for free uh, for making theater, and that had documents. Here's um, here's sample job descriptions, sample contracts. Here's job descriptions for everybody from artistic director, stage manager, uh, director, and so on. And that's useful information for lots of people, right? If you were someone that's maybe acted for a long time and you, you, you want to try out directing, go see what a director really does because a director does a lot more than what you see a director do in front of you as an actor. And here's a good resource to look at and find out those things. Or if you're a theater, you can use this to write your job description when you're hiring or you're writing a contract for somebody. Something like that. Uh, but you have all kinds of information out there. Just theater terms, uh, information on finance, uh, how to write your bylaws, strategic plans. It, the, the list goes on. Uh, so like I said, I wanted to brag about the free stuff there. And one other thing that I found, it's in your current issue of your magazine. Uh, you have a really, really robust rating system for your shows that are in the festival. Uh, and I say rating system like... Like movies, rate PG-13, PG-R-G, but it's you, you rate them on violence, language, and I think adult content, and then there's many variations in there. Is that something you guys came up with, or is that something that's just out there that you found? That was something out there that we found, um, and if you can give me a little time, I'd love to discredit the, the folks that came up with it, but it was a theater in Texas that had established that, that criteria for themselves, and so we, it was perfect. Um, considering access is a mix of young audience, audience members and older. So we, we wanted to make sure people knew what they were seeing and, and um, people felt comfortable having youth sitting in certain shows. So we, so we really wanted to utilize a rating system that covered pretty much all of it. Yeah. I think that rating system system is great. Um, I'll, I'll probably put a link in the show notes to it and uh, we'll, we'll give credit where credit is due as well. Uh, but I think that's something that any, everybody should be using. You mentioned Absolutely. that there's on the website roughly 6,000 community theaters across the country. I imagine not all of them belong to AACT. I personally have been in, involved in community theater in for 30 plus years, and I, I only recently found you guys. So devil's advocate here, like why should somebody join? And then like maybe an argument that somebody would give you like, oh, you know, we don't see the benefit in it. I get, there, there you go. Someone that says to you, I don't see the benefit in joining. I'm an artistic director of a theater. I, I have that kind of purchasing power. But I just don't see the benefit. Why should they join? Uh, I'll answer that first. I would say, do you produce musicals? Because the yes. discounts on licensing fees and the rental materials alone um, pretty much cover the cost of the act membership. The savings that you get from 
licensing companies, uh, insurance, ASCAP, all of it. It's you are saving money by spending the membership fee. Okay. So there's a no-brainer. I mean, that's like the right. someone who doesn't know us. That's the logistics. Um, once we get them in the door, they realize that we're a bunch of wonderful, kooky people who become their family and um, help them celebrate and grow and, and everything they, they need. All right. Is there anything that somebody's dying to say about the- Go ahead. Yeah, I would just tag on to the membership benefits. Um, I believe on the website, you can go to membership benefits and kind of see the laundry list of all of the discounts and free things that uh, a member can can get by being a being a part of AACT. And as David noted, it really does pay for itself. One of the other two program, uh, the other program that's really popular is the ASCAP license. So um, there is a ASCAP community theater license in which um, at a discounted fee, you're able to utilize their cal- catalog of music for um, pre-show um, intermus- in- intermissions and things like that. Um, we also have just um, set one up with BMI. So now you have the option of doing ASCAP or BMI or both <laughs> uh, with AACP. Okay. Is there anything else about the organization as a whole that anybody's dying to talk about before we move on to talk about the festival? All right. Festival it is. So I've gathered that uh, it's the first festival in uh, at least a couple years. Is that correct? Uh, because of COVID? Since 2019. It's a festival. Can we on? Yeah. Yeah, we had a festival in 2021, but it was virtual. Okay, that's right. So so 2020 was last. Was was there one in 2020? No, the festival is biannual, so it's every two years. So okay. we did do one in 2021. It was virtual, um, which is great. And we had a lot we of We have them on the odd number of years. Okay. So the festival is every two years uh, on the odd number of years. Uh, so that's why. Okay, so 2019, 2019 happened, I guess, regular. And then COVID and then 2021 was virtual. And now here we are two years later getting back together in person for the first time in a while. Can uh, someone tell me how the, the virtual one kind of panned out? How did, how did that work? What were the technical challenges there? Uh, what was the end result? Was it successful? <laughs> it was. Um, so it was a complete re... We had to really redesign how we did the festival. Um, but it was a very unique experience. What we did is we worked with a, um, uh, a uh, production crew. Um, Coven Theatricals. And we, once, once the theaters submitted that they were interested in performing, um, we had a panel review, um, what theaters, where they're from. And basically we selected, um, that panel selected, um, the productions that would go into the virtual, um, festival. And then we actually went to the theaters um, and we uh, recorded um, the plays. And during the virtual festival, we um, streamed them as well as, um, in addition to, we had our workshops, but they were virtual workshops. We also um, had keynotes and we had some, some wonderful guests that came in and it was, it was different, <laughs> but the, the process was very memorable and um, it was nothing. I think, I don't think any other organization has done anything like it before um and so i'm really proud of all the work that went into it and and the folks that were a part of it and that made it happen great so the the festival is starting this it's a seven-day festival starting this sunday uh 11 june and runs through saturday 17 june seems to be that maybe the first couple days are more for people that are 
uh, involved in the, the regional directors and so forth. Is that correct? Correct. So the, the, the beginning, although it's not a part of the festival, it does kick off with the community theater management conference. That's why it kind of starts a little earlier. Um, and so that group will meet ahead of time and they will have their conference. And then it kind of bleeds into the rest of the week where we start kicking off with things like board meetings. Um, those happen earlier in the week. Um, but the shows themselves and the workshops don't start till that Tuesday. So on, okay. on Tuesday. So who attends? Obviously, the, the, the people that are regional directors, regional staff and so forth attend. And um, for the, the pre-conference conference, I can't remember what you called it. Uh, the coordinator conference, uh, community theater management conference, community theater management conference. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so obviously those people attend, obviously the people in the productions involved in the productions, the actors, the directors, uh, they attend. And then who else pretends it, uh, attends? Is it just people that just want to go see shows and do workshops? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I can remember the first one that I attended. The first one that I attended, I just went as we had had a fest, a state and regional festival at our theater, and we wanted to see what happened. Uh, it, we had no connection with any theater that was there other than we, we loved it. And you get hooked on it, and then you go, well, how can I help? And what can I do so that I, I can justify going back to theater festivals all the time? So, yeah, anybody that loves theater can attend. And because we're having it in a wonderful uh, community like Louisville, we can't, if your husband or spouse or whoever you hang out with, is not in the theater being in a destination. Yeah, I looked at it on the map. The destination looks fantastic. Uh, it seems like the shows themselves are at the, the Baumhart Theater uh, inside of the Kentucky Center for Performing Arts. And then all the the, the breakout sessions, the, the, what do you call them? The, <laughs> the workshops. Workshops. The workshops are over at the Hyatt Regency, Louisville, three blocks south from, uh, so th three block walk between the two venues. But I don't, I don't think you're like going back and forth all day, right? Um, I didn't no. see, go ahead. I was no. going to say the workshops and, and the meetings happen in the morning. No, we have a wonderful, the workshops and the meetings happen and in the morning. And there's a wonderful so. vendor show going on. Yeah. I forgot about the vendor, vendors. So you said that the workshops and meetings go on in the morning and then performances at, at night. And then that also, I noticed the performance blocks are two shows. Am I watching two full full plays? No, they've been condensed down to sixty minutes or or less. Um, and I think Christy could speak probably a little bit more about this. But how those shows get to access is through a series of festivals that they first participate in locally at their state festival. Um, and then they move on to a regional festival, theater festival, like the Southeastern Theater Conference or the Eastern State Theater Association, something like that. Um, nature and then the best in show the the highest rated um show from from those festivals are are um are advanced and they come to access so you're seeing the best of the best from from the uh theater festival circuit so to speak and um so that's why they're kind of condensed down you know so that if we try to create a structure a, a structure so that each play is a bit so it's more fair in regards to how things are rated and viewed and adjudicated during that process. Do productions travel with props and set pieces? And, and there's so a series of rules that that are... Go ahead, Christy. There's a series of rules that festivals have to follow so that everyone across the country and even in Europe uh, are on an equal playing field. 
Uh, you have 10, set, 10 minutes to set the stage, up to 60 to perform, and 10 minutes to strike. And then each of them are adjudicated by uh, qualified uh, adjudicators, and they are selected from a panel of, of individuals. Very, very uh, interesting to hear what the adjudicators say and see if you agree or disagree uh, as you go through that process. So yeah, is I will there say a confined that's one space of the- as well for the set? You, have, you said you have 10 minutes to set, 10 minutes to strike. Is there a, like a, a taped out section backstage? Like your set has to fit within this when you're off stage? Okay. Yes, so, a ten by ten, a ten by ten, ten by ten. But you can go as high as you want, or is it ten? By 10? And so that's really exciting to see how they can get oh, these wow. huge sets in in a ten by ten. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> so, as an audience member, you're sitting there watching a, a show get set and then struck, struck, and then another show get struck and set, and so forth. That's that's entertaining in and of itself too, especially. I imagine the community, by and large, is theater people, so they appreciate stuff like that. They appreciate seeing these things. Um, so someone that wants to come, I, I did not see anything about pricing of the festival itself. Let's say I, I'm just average Joe. I want to come. I want to fly into Kentucky next week, and I want to catch um, a, a couple shows and maybe one particular workshop. Is there some sort of discounted rate for me, or do you buy the, the, the festival as a whole or nothing? Well, we have uh, the full registration. Uh but we do sell performance block tickets um, because everything is is squished together to to make time for all of the programming we have during this week. Um, instead of a ticket to one show, you're buying a ticket to the block. And some sessions are are two shows, um, some have three, and so the blocks are based on how many shows you're seeing. And then you get to see whatever shows those are. And we haven't mentioned this yet, but I want I do want plug Youth Fest. We have five youth companies that are coming mm-hmm. from. Around the country and world, uh, we have one company from an army base in Europe that is coming. A youth company will be performing, and they have 45 minutes to perform, and that includes their setup and teardown. So they just real quick shows, but they have been working so hard, and they're so excited. And to see them on the same stage as these national companies is is going to be a wonderful thing for both them and the audience, I think. I was going to say that I was really impressed with how well your your publication featured the youth competition. I'm sorry I hadn't mentioned it prior. And also the fact that, that, that they are on the same stage with everybody else. I thought that was so fantastic. Uh, that theater looks pretty big. Are, are, um, are actors typically mic'd on that stage? And if so, do th- are they responsible for bringing their own mics? Or, or do you guys mic them? We do not have you mics. Are it, the rules have to be consistent. If you're offering a mic, you have to offer it to everybody. So if the theater has them available, they'll, they're offered. But then that, that same opportunity is offered to every show. Again, an even playing field. You want everybody to have the same uh, opportunities as someone else. Now, if they want a smoke machine, they can bring their own smoke machine and or they have a special light, or they have, or there are no mics being offered. They can bring their own mics and then use them. So um, we try to be consistent. You, you know, you're coming from, you may be coming from a, a teeny weeny little theater in Pennsylvania, and then you've got a huge theater in California that's going to perform. But everybody follows that same criteria. And if you're offering them, a, a, you know, something, everyone else has to be offered. And that's why the host hotel, a host theater offers that. Did that make sense at all? 
<laughs> yeah, very much. You, you have a level playing field for, for all your uh, contestants, for all your participants. Um, so, David, back to you right. real quick. We talked a little bit about buying block shows, but h- how much would it cost me if I wanted to buy one block ticket and maybe see one workshop? Well, the workshops, unfortunately, are not part of part of the blocks. Um, it is very different in a huge theater that seats hundreds and hundreds compared to being in a conference room at a hotel. So those are workshops are just for the full registrants. Um, but the block tickets are uh, 40 to 60, depending on how many shows you're seeing. Okay, that's very reasonable. And then full registration, what's that cost? And does a show pay that for every single actor in their production? Um, the full registration, well, we have a full show pass as well. So if you want to see all the shows, but none of the workshops, you can do that, uh, for two fifty. Um, and then on-site registration is, what is it? Uh, 485 for members? 485 for members and 560 for non-members. Um, and that includes, of course, all the workshops, keynotes, um, access to vendors and special events that we host throughout the week. Um, but that's the on-site. Um, you know, if someone was interested in, in attending, of course, there's an early bird rate that is, is much more discounted than that. Okay. So all those prices seem very reasonable to me. I, I thought it would be way more than that. So, wow. Um, let's see. So some of the classes that interested me, some of the workshops that interested me, I mean, you guys have everything from admin, design tech, and there's I have, I have a list that I put together here with just multiple things under each from uh, faux desserts, uh, age, a- aging made easy, special effects makeup, uh, all things projection, digital scenery. Those are all under design tech, obviously. And then like there's there's things for admin, for things you have to think about, about licensing, things you have to think about for insurance, uh, for directors, uh, stage picture tells a story, acting through the song, uh, making immersive theater. But my, my favorite, like the, the thing that I would go to, I think, is psychological dramaturgy. It's, it's, um, I think it's, it seems to be like more of like a, a playwriting exercise, uh, like how to get inside the head of a character if you're a playwright. But I, I think as an actor, I think that would be a very useful, uh, class to take as well. Yeah. That one is really helpful for, I think, directors and actors alike. Um, it's being facilitated by, uh, Dr. Caitlin Powell, who's a professor of social psychology, and Kathy Pingle, who is uh, one of the greatest. I mean, she actually directed me in my very first show. So I fell in love with theater from Kathy Pingle. So the two of them teaching it, it's they kind of worked on it together and developed this, this idea that you can read the script, but to understand what happens to humans when they experience these events or why might they behave in that way. Um, it's just a new way to look at text and characters. Um, it's really fascinating. I think it's a mother daughter duo too. Oh, okay. it's a mother daughter. Yeah. I find it quite interesting that they're learning from one another and they are developing their own, um, craft, so to speak in the, in the theater community. Um, so what's, what's a day like when you go to the, when you go to the, the fest? Sure. Uh, well, for me, it would be <laughs> if I was not working. It's so okay. Gotta ha- gotta have my cup of coffee first, uh, and then it would be probably it would be go heading over and attending um, <laughs> one of the workshops. Uh, well, doing both of them, um, then going into checking out our vendors and seeing our silent auction. So we have a silent going on it is online but it also will be um, available in person for people to check out and that raises funds for our endowment um and that endowment um we have a mission in the festival 
the endowment festival helps assist um, the groups with um, funding for coming. So we do give grants to those groups that are attending the festival. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of networking, especially with the online app, maybe, maybe joining and linking up with one of the meetups that one of the many, many meetups that has um, been uh, coordinated from our members and attendees, uh, having lunch with those folks or connecting with them, talking with them, meeting them. Um, and then usually the shows, the shows typically start around one o'clock or so. Um, and so that's where you'll head over to the theater and, uh, start checking out the shows and, uh, then you'll have a dinner break, go have dinner with some of your friends and have a couple of drinks and then come back and, and see the second half of the evening. And um, I think we talked a little bit about, um, and maybe I'm jumping back a little bit, but the um, during the process, it's the, the setup and strike that's really fascinating. And, and as theater people, we enjoy that. But I mean, when you get to the, get to the adjudication process, that in itself is also, you know, worth going and just hearing the feedback from the adjudicators. And we've got four amazing adjudicators um, um, this year. Uh, Jeff Calhoun, uh, for those that don't know, um, he was nominated for, and David, correct me if I say this wrong, <laughs> nominated uh, for Tony for directing movies on Broadway um, and then the countless other things, uh, Broadway veterans. Um, we have Faye Price. Um, she is a former executive director for, uh, I don't want to say the wrong theater. Oh, there we go. Hillsbury House Theater in Minneapolis. And then we have Gary Anderson, producing artistic director for Plowshares Theater Company in Detroit, as well as Rick St. Peter, who is our alternate adjudicator, who um, is a Fulbright scholar and has been a director and educator um, in theater for over 25 years. Um, and he is a Shakespeare scholar as well. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited about hearing them speak and, and kind of hearing what their observations and feedback will be for these performing groups. So you mentioned the app. So I see you're using an app, uh, WOVA, W-H-O-V-A, uh, that people can use, I guess, to, to see the schedule of everything that's going on during during the event. I can kind of imagine what that's like also. But you also just mentioned, so if you're going to the festival, definitely get that app, uh, W-H-O-V-A, and it, it's on your website. And I don't want to mess up your website. I think I know what it is, but uh, Quiana, go ahead and say the website for me, your website. Oh, aact.org. That's what I thought. I just didn't want to get it wrong. aact.org. Uh, go on there. You'll find a link to the WOVA app, and you'll use that when you're at the festival. You also just mentioned that your participants are scheduling meetups. Are they like via the, the meetup website or app as well? Or yeah, so they're formal? using that. Yeah, they're using the event app to set up meetup or um, their own discussion groups or or um, whatever is of their interest. Um, I. I don't have it up right now, but I mean, if you're, I don't know, are, are you from Ohio? Okay. <laughs> Let's get together. Or are you really into youth theater or, you know, let's, let's, let's get together. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Get there, get on the app. There's social events as well, especially early in the, in the festival. Go meet people, ask for insider tips. If it's your first time, Hey, show me how to use the app. What other apps are you using? You know, stuff like that. Great. Uh, so I had one other thing that, that I wanted to mention, which was as I look through the website and also the festival, festival events, the, the workshops themselves, I'm coming from a very, uh, actor mindset, right? I'm looking for acting, actor centric workshops, acting lessons. And the same thing when I look at the AACT website as an actor, how does this help me? And I have to say, I'm looking at it. I, I feel like it's a little lacking 
in, in both fronts. And maybe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that's because there's just so much to theater, right? There's, 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 there's stuff for directors, there's stuff for stage managers, there's stuff for, uh, for designers, there's stuff for lighting people and stuff like that. Is it just that I've had such a limited time to look at it and that I was so overwhelmed that I missed that stuff? Or is it a little lacking and it's something you're, you're addressing in the future? I will honestly say that we would like to, and we've talked about ways of, um, not necessarily the actor itself, but um, providing more benefits and more opportunities for our individual members who tend to be more um, actors, um, those that are, are performing. Um, there is so much information, but really, I think ACT really came to be because it was theater companies getting together um, and producing these festivals. And, and so that's kind of the groundwork in, in how the organization um really became an association and it's right but i think there is definitely opportunity for more acting um oh, there's there's, so there's, there's room for growth <laughs> yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, I, I came at it from a very specific lens and th- there's a lot of information. And even someone that, that was a director or an artistic director, they might come in because there's so much, so much information. I think it's fair to say that they might, they, they might have the same misconception that I had from a, from a, from a different lens. Um, I think that's all I wanted to cover today. There was one other thing that I noticed uh, in a previous um, previous edition of your magazine. Uh, there was an article there uh, by Michael Cochran, executive director of Market House Theater, and he wrote something that I found very interesting. And it was just that he found that with, with he said his theater doesn't do fundraising anymore. Like they don't do fundraising events anymore. And he said that he found that for fundraising events, board members were selling the tickets, getting the auction items, buying the majority of tickets, and buying the majority of auction items. And then when he shared that with the board, they found that it was just more useful for the board members to just donate or ask for donations from their friends. Uh, so it's just, and I, I had limited time. I, I, I looked through two of your issues of magazines. And to me, that's that's like a gem to me. And I, I don't even run a theater, but I think that's like, wow, that's really profound information right there that, that could be useful. So I, I just wanted to drive home the point you guys have uh, a plethora of resources. And I'm just saying that the, the Spotlight magazine is for members, too. That's a member benefit. So. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Was there anything else that, that, that someone just has to get in there before we close out today? I appreciate um, you having us and, and wanting to talk. Thank to you us. very much. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Thank you so much. A huge thank you goes out to our special guests, Christy Quinn, Quiana clark Rowland and David A. Van Cleve from the American Association of Community Theaters. We are incredibly grateful for the time they took out of their busy schedules, especially just days before their major festival. Don't forget to visit aact.org for more information about AACT and their festival. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, make sure to attend one of the festival shows for a memorable theater experience. Check out our show notes at fromtheapron.com. There you'll find the rating guide mentioned during the episode, which can be a useful resource for your theater. Come back next week for more discussions and insights on the FromTheApron.com podcast.